So, those two questions, I talked about them earlier today. What is your greatest hope right now? We talked about that question when we were talking about, on that Sunday of hope, and we talked about the, the promises that God had made for the coming Messiah some 400 years before Jesus was born. And then last week, that question, what is the greatest stress or what is the greatest conflict in your life right now, as we talked about peace and having peace in our life. And we talked about really how the birth of Jesus, the birth of the Prince of Peace was not all that peaceful to begin with. How the birth and the life rather of Jesus was not that peaceful. Even especially Joseph had to go through a lot of times of unrest, a lot of conflict, a lot of anxiety in his life. But he found peace by depending on God, by following God's leading and completely submitting his life and his, in his way to God. And that's how we find peace. Today, we're going to talk about joy. And so to begin with, it's this question, fairly simple. What great joy are you experiencing right now? Think about that for a minute. What great joy, I'm not talking about happiness, short-lived happiness, but no, what kind of joy, what great joy are you experiencing right now? You either have joy or you don't. There's really no middle ground there. I mean, think about when I, when I talk about joy, I mean overflowing, abundant, excited joy. You either have it or you don't. The reality is joy, joy is not something that we can fake, is it? How many of you have ever tried to fake a little bit of joy in your life? You put on a smile and then, you know, you, you, even you walk into church and... Preacher asks you, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing amazing, right? I'm try I mean, I'm guilty of it. Come on, I'm guilty of it. But you know who calls me out when I try to fake my joy? You know, one of the first people that calls me out when I try to fake my joy? My wife, that's right. She tries, I mean, as soon as I try to fake a little bit of joy in my, or not a little bit of, when I try to fake joy in my life, she will call me out on it because she knows me full well and she knows that smile that you're putting on that is a fake smile and that and the and the words coming out of your mouth those are fake words you're trying to fake joy and I think so often we try to fake our joy in the Lord instead of really pursuing what it is Jesus has for us what his Holy Spirit can do in us and we try to fake our joy. And I talk about how then joy is either something you have or something you do not. A few weeks ago, the, I don't remember, one of the letters from joy fell down. You remember that? One of the letters of joy fell down and it was, it was in the middle of the week. Uh, I think it was Dave, Dave Hooten. You, you sent me a picture of your joy and their joy, the J, had fallen off their joy, and he said, what happens when the J falls off your joy? And I said, well, that's the word oi, right? 
I don't know if you ever said the word oi, but I looked it up and I was right when I said this. It is a word that means dismay and discouragement. So when our joy starts to fall apart, you, oh my goodness, I could preach on this too. The, when, our, when our joy starts to crumble away, I said like a couple weeks ago, I said it, it might pull our faith down. But it can also cause us to go from what appears to be, when we try to fake it, what appears to be this abundant happiness in the Lord to a discouraged dismay as we walk with the Lord. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, God is still good, but he's just not good to me. Right? I just got done reading the book of Job, and Job's, all his, well, most of his friends throughout his, his, his struggles, they were all trying to get him to turn on God. Well, yeah, God is still good. He's still on his throne, but he's not good to you because you're a bad person, Job. Right? But the other thing is this joy, or the, the J fell off. You can, those of you who are sitting real close, the saints that are sitting up real close here, you, um, you can see that what we use, what I use to hold this on after the joy fell off, this is called ticky tack. Anybody ever use ticky tack? And I, I saw this on the wall right up there. And as that's on the wall there, I thought, you know, the other thing that happens when our joy starts to fall apart, people see what's behind our joy. And maybe we've been going on for years and years saying, well, well, the Lord is the source of my joy. God is the source of my joy. But when our joy starts to crumble and starts to fall all around us, even if it doesn't pull our faith down, the thing that it does, it exposes what's truly behind our joy, which for some it's financial. For some of us, it's the people around us, see, And when our joy starts to fall apart, people see what's behind our joy and they start to question, well, is God really good? Well, I mean, you've been saying this for years that God is the source of your joy, but if God's not really the source of your joy, if truly your money, when your money's taken away, you have no more joy. When the people in your life start to drift away from you, you have no joy. Is God really the source of your joy? Now I could go on preaching about, uh, about Job, but I'm not going to. Instead, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, because that is, the, that is what is, is widely held as the Christmas story. A, a lot of people, when they, they talk about the Christmas story they'll turn to Luke chapter 2 so we're going to go to Luke chapter 2 and I say again you either have joy or you don't and as you turn to Luke chapter 2 in your Bible one of the pew Bibles or if you're following along on the Bible app this morning on your phone or device you're already there in Luke chapter 2 I think this so often we miss out on our joy we miss out on the great joy that can be ours in the Lord because of one thing. A few months back I took my boys to Holiday World. Um, actually it was, it was someone in our church family here that uh, called me up the night before and they said, you know what, I've got tickets to Holiday World. They're yours if you want them, but I only have three. Well, it just worked out that Kim and the girls were going to be gone that next day anyhow. And it was just me and the boys. We didn't have anything to do. So I said, yeah, let's go. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's what you call uh, a divine blessing from the Lord. So we go to Holiday World. And as we're, as we're driving there, the two boys in the backseat, they're talking about one ride, the Thunderbird. 
They wanted to go on the Thunderbird. Anybody been on the Thunderbird at Holiday World? All right. So they're talking about the Thunderbird. We got to go. That's going to be the best ride. And so we, we went on a couple of warm-up rides as we get in. We make our way to the Thunderbird. There's no line. We go all the way up. I mean, there was like a couple of people in front of us. We go up. They go in. The, the, the roller coaster shoots off. And then Bennett standing right next to me. He's in a shoot with Zion. He looks over at me and he says, Dad, I don't want to go on it. What do you, what, all right, come here, you know, just not hold the line. So we come over, and I said, what do you mean you don't want to go on? And he said, no, I don't, I don't want to go on that. Okay, well, that's fine. You can wait here, and Bennett and Zion and I will go. No, I don't want that to happen either. I'm not waiting around here. And I said, well, uh, would it be okay, you know, if, you, if, you, if we just go and you say, no, no, Dad. I said, well, what do you, what do you want us to do? Well, let's go on another ride. I said, no, we want to go on this. You guys want to go on this. I'm trying to talk to him. No, Dad, I'm not going. All right. So we left. We left the Thunderbird. Zion's just discouraged. We went on a couple other rides that made me want to, you know, lose my breakfast. But we go on those rides. And then about midway through the day, Bennett says, he says, let's go back to the Thunderbird. I said, are you sure? You, you know, you, Zion and I are going to ride it? He said, no, I'll ride it. But he said this, he said, Dad, I'll only ride it if you sit next to me. Well, that's an easy one. Sure, so we go back to the Thunderbird. I get in with him, Zion's sitting in front. And as they, they pull, we pull this down, he looks over at me, he grabs my hand, and he says, Dad, you're not going anywhere, are you? <laughs> no, well, where am I going to go, right? You know? We shoot off, not a word. Not a scream from him the entire ride. And it's only like a minute and a half, whatever. We get back. Come to a stop. I look over at him. First time it hits me. Oh, man, I hope he's still with me. I look over at him expecting to see this like pale, you know, scared kid. He's looking over at me, giant smile on his face. He says, can we do it again? (laughs) We went on it nine times that day. Because every time we'd go on it, we'd get off and they'd say, can we do it again? Can we do it again? Can we do it again? And I thought of how so often we miss out on our joy, our great joy in the Lord because of fear. Because of fear. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Let's look at uh, something very similar in Scripture. Talking about the shepherds, it says there were shepherds. Verse 8 of Luke 2, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch of their flocks at night. These shepherds were among the first to hear the good news of Jesus. Now think about this for a moment. The very first to hear the good news that Jesus has been born are the shepherds. There's nothing special about the shepherds. They're dirty. They're smelly. They're working in the middle of the night just going about doing their dirty job in a mundane setting. But I think about how the shepherds were the first to hear the good news of Jesus that he had been born And the reality of that God comes to us where we are. Even when we are in ourselves nothing special. 
Even when we are doing nothing special. Even when we're dirty and stinky and going about our dirty jobs. Even when we are in the most mundane situations, God comes to us where we are. He doesn't ask us to clean up our life first. He doesn't give us an address across the, uh, across the, the, the country where we can meet him. No, instead he comes right where we are. And he comes to the place where it seems least likely for him to show up. But when he comes, when he shows up, we know it. Amen? An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were afraid, verse 9 says. There's no doubt, you see, when we read scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, if you've ever encountered the presence of God in a tangible way in your life, there's no doubt when God comes and meets with you. There's no doubt when you are standing in the presence of God because it is met with an instant condition, and that condition is fear. Man's fear and God's glory are correlated. They come together. When you come into the presence of God's glory, there is fear. There is wonder. There is awe. There is respect. There is worship. But make no doubt, there is fear. And the reality is that most of us don't like to be afraid. Anybody does. Who, who, who here likes to be afraid? Right? Some of you like to, like to have, uh, you know, you like to go through uh, things that make you, you know, scare you or whatever. But you don't like to be afraid. Most of us, however, avoid fear. And I wonder if our fear aversion can sometimes have unintended consequences in our life. Could our fear avoidance cause us to miss out on the great joy that could be ours? You see, fear, if nothing else, makes us present. Makes us alert in the moment. Like hearing a, a, a loud noise, a startling noise that when we least expect it, suddenly... We're all ears, we're alert, we're present in the moment. So often we try to hide from our fears. We try to foresee every possible scenario. We try to control every possible variable in order to do away and avoid fear. But what if? What if God gives us these fears to bring us into the present reality? What if God gives us these fears, these moments of fear to help us listen? See, when we listen to God amidst our fears, the message is always the same. Fear not. Fear not. Verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Joy is found in the truth. No, we have nothing to fear. When we stand in the presence of God, there is fear, there is awe, there is wonder. But joy is found in the reality that we have nothing to fear. Joy is found in hearing that our greatest hope has now come. Behold, this 
is good news. This is great news. And this great news inspires great joy, which inspires us to tell others. Verse 11, today, the angel said, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The great joy of the world is here. Hallelujah. He has come to make good on his promises. Praise the Lord. He has come to bring salvation once and for all. The great joy that you have been waiting for, the angel says, has now come to you. And Jesus, the Messiah, he's not flashy. It's not a, a big production, overly large. It's very small. And sometimes easy to miss. It's hidden in the most unlikely but most obvious place. There in the manger lies the greatest joy that you've been hoping for. That's the message that the shepherds hear that night. Jump to verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After hearing the message, after hearing the news, the good news, the shepherds took a risk. They staked something on this promise of great joy. They could have easily remained in the fields that night and said, wow, that was a tremendous message. I can't wait for somebody to meet the Messiah. But no. Instead, they took a risk. They took a journey. They jumped in and they staked something on this good news that they had heard. See, this is where it, 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 it often gets very difficult for us. Because this is where fear sets in. We hear this great news. But will we take a risk? Will we step in? Will we stake something on it? And I think the reason that we are often so very fearful is because our world plays on our desire for joy so very often. Yeah? Our minds are littered with counterfeit promises. Buy into this trend, buy into this relationship, this career, this new phone, this political leader, this new method for raising your kids. And if you do that, then you're going to have joy. All your problems are going to be alleviated and you're going to have great joy in this life. And so we buy in. We invest our time in promises, but we're let down. We invest our treasures and we see little return. We invest our talents and we still feel like there's something missing. But no wonder, see, it's so very hard for us to hear the good news amongst the, the clutter in our world today. 
No wonder we are so very skeptical and we encounter so many people that are skeptical about the good news of great joy that comes through Jesus Christ. But when we stake our lives on this good news, we will find great joy. And this great joy draws something out of us. That is praise. Verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Friends, joy always precedes praise. Joy always precedes praise. And oftentimes what precedes joy is fear, skepticism, doubt. Should I? Will I? What's the cost? What if this lets me down? I asked earlier, what great joy are you experiencing right now? What great joy are you experiencing right now? And I couldn't help but hear someone cry out, none. My question this next week is, what great joy are you missing out on because of your fear? What great joy are you missing out on because of your fear? Bow your heads with me if you would. Let's contemplate on that question. Simply listen to God in the midst of that question. What great joy are you missing out on right now because of your fear? Let's just listen to God. God comes. He will meet us right where we are. We don't have to clean up first. We don't have to go to some special location. God comes to where we are. His Holy Spirit moves in our life where we are. Amidst the clutter, even amidst the sin, God speaks into our life and He comes and He's ready to receive us. Don't be afraid. Listen to the good news. From God. And as you listen to God, whatever, whatever that, 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 that great joy that he's offering up before you. Perhaps he's revealing areas of your life that, uh, that fear have dominated. Skepticism have dominated for many years. This morning, I invite you to decide right here, right now, to take action. To find the great joy of Jesus, the great joy of knowing Jesus, the great joy of seeing Jesus, the great joy of experiencing his holy presence in your life. And as you do, I invite you to praise the Lord as you experience his joy in your life. You see, church, the Christmas story illustrates what happens when we take God at his word amidst our fears 
and we discover joy. And that joy inspires praise within us. Father God, you know your people full well. You know, Lord Jesus, those gathered in this place this morning, God. You know intimately, Lord Jesus, those hearing this message this morning, Jesus. Those reading this passage this morning, Jesus. Father God, meet us again. Give us, Lord God, the capacity to open our lives to you. To receive the good news of great joy that you have for us. Father God, won't you, right now, reveal to us, Lord Jesus, fears that have dominated our thoughts, dominated our actions, Lord Jesus, determined, rather, our actions, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, strengthen us, encourage us, Lord Jesus, to take that next step with you into your good news of great joy. Lord Jesus, write that question on our minds this next week. What great joy are you missing out on because of your fear? And Lord Jesus, help us not only to contemplate that question, but Jesus, to take it. To take it to someone else, Lord Jesus, with the opportunity to speak your name, to share your message, Lord Jesus. Inspire joy, Lord God, within us that we would turn it around as praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together, friends. Jesus, our Savior.